Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Ewan Ward, owner of All Made Well, recovery programs and coaching, who work with pastors and community leaders that know the value of authenticity, but haven't embraced their power for their story. And they discuss topics in a safe place where they can wrestle with the beliefs and begin to teach and think differently with all this new information. Sounds fantastic. Ewan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you. (laughs) Nice. Well, let's dig straight into it. Can you expand a bit more on where you are with your business today and who is it that you'd love to work with? Yeah, so in this season for my business, um, I'm coaching women pastors, uh, Christian entrepreneurs, um, people who have done amazing things with their businesses, with their ministries, with their lives. Um, But there's something about their story that they're just not quite grabbing a hold of yet. Um, I help them through that. I help them learn how to tell their story, embrace their story, write down their story um, so that they can use that and let that kind of be the power play that moves them into their next season. Fantastic. So what, what is it? What is it about that that um, you find you have to really help to, to, to coax out? What's, what's holding them back? Shame. <laughs> I, I've, I've excuse me, recently been reading um, Daring Greatly, Brene Brown, and freaking amazing book because she talks all about vulnerability and how terrifying mm-hmm. it is to be vulnerable, but how necessary it is in order to have authenticity and love and all of the good things that we love about our lives and but the the thing that holds us back all the time is always shame you know like why I mean when we think about childhood trauma people hide childhood trauma as if it was something that they asked for they didn't ask for that but we still hold on to the shame of those experiences Mm. and instead I teach my clients to look at it at face value, observe what it was. Yes, it was bad. Yes, it was difficult. And no, we would not wish that on our worst enemy. But what happened in the midst of that? Who did that create in the midst of that? Because there were lessons in there. There are elements of my personality that would not exist had had it not been for the difficult things that I went through in the past. And so my goal always with all of my clients is to get them to that place where they can look at the, the hard spots and see where it created the person that they are today and then use that moving forward. How much of this is healing and how much of this is um, awareness? It's all one in the same. (laughs) It's all one in the same. Cause it's like, once you start to become aware of who you are, you can heal the things that you've been trying to hide. 
Mm. Um, for me, I, um, my, for example, my mom was a lesbian, right? And my parents separated when I was four. My mom was, was with a woman for 13 years and I never told anyone. I remember when I was dating this guy in high school, um, he, he thought that my mom's girlfriend um, was her roommate who had cancer because she didn't have hair. <laughs> but why? Because I refused to tell him what was true because mm-hmm. I was ashamed. I was scared. Of yeah. course, during you know the 90s, it was not okay to say my mom's a lesbian. Instead, it was terrifying. I was scared that my friends wouldn't want to play with me or that their friend that their that, excuse me, that their parents wouldn't let them. Mm-hmm. And so I hid those things. And so as I got older, I had to start looking back on my journey and saying, well, what did that birth in me? Well, on one end, it birthed a whole lot of resentment that I had to deal with, with my mom and her girlfriend, because I'd never had sleepovers, except for once when she was out of town. Um, But I also had to learn, like, there were elements about my personality that I learned from being in a very powerful woman environment growing up. Um, I learned how to speak up for myself. I learned how to be strong. I learned how to be me. Right. And so, but all of that is, is a part of the package, both the goods and the bads. And so, um, but learning how to come to grips with that, to be aware of how it made me feel then. And also what that did in me as an adult, it was all part of the healing journey. So awareness, healing, it's all the same. (laughs) Well, I think what you've Ellen described there is it, where it can it can split because saying it's one and the same. Yes, it should be. I think it's I think it should be. However, the awareness can I'm aware of this. I know this. However, the the, the guilt, the frustration, the anger can still stay there. The resentment oh, yeah. can grow. So it is a choice. These are both choices to be aware and then to heal. So you get to lovingly bring these these two together using all your wealth of experience, what you've been through into the sort of full package so when when your clients come to you what is it that you find like time and time again is like the one thing the first step that they need to either work through or know before they can really start to work well with you um i would say two things first figuring out what their why is like why is it worth it because when you're embarking on a healing journey, it's not going to be easy. There's going to be some moments where you're like, you know what, screw this. This is stupid. This is over. I'm over it. I'm done. Out. I'm done. <laughs> and you're going to run. And unless you actually have decided why this journey in all of its ups and downs is going to be worth it, you're not going to commit to it. And so mm. that's literally the very first thing that we do with all of our clients is always, what's your why? Why does this matter? And we revisit that on like lesson three and four, because it's like, okay, your first why, that's good. But now that we've started to dig in a little bit, what's the deeper why? And we continue to go through that because the why evolves and changes. I've had probably 10 whys over the course of my journey, Um, but to continually think about that. Um, And then the second piece I would say is uh, acknowledging what denial is. Um, I think most people think about denial as I know I'm a liar, but I'm not going to tell them I'm a liar. 
that's not denial. That's that's like very superficial denial. Unfortunately, denial is way bigger than that. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of things about us that we don't even know ourselves. And so the willingness to step out of denial is not about being willing to admit what you know, but being willing to see the things that you can't already see, to be open to it, to be vulnerable enough to say, this might go a little bit deeper than I realize. I'm willing to sit with this. Yeah. And like, let denial open your eyes. Yeah. Is that the protection response? Because, oh my gosh, we, as humans, we oh, want yeah. to get straight back down to avoiding from your story of your childhood. How can I avoid this? How can I not see it? I don't want to look at it. I don't want other people to see it. It's, it's the safety. We avoid and then we get triggered by when things happen. And then we'll yeah. blame and complain and justify and then go straight back to avoiding. That's kind of the the circle we find ourselves on i think that's what yep. you described there so when denial comes in oh my gosh it can be tough so right. hey this oh this is the fun stuff so what 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 was it that prompted you to say yes i this is the business i want to be this is how i want to help people this is my why <laughs> how did that come about oh boy how much time are we gonna <laughs> give us highlights well, let's let's dig straight into yeah take us through to maybe what was it that moment you were like, yes, I want to do this business. This is what I'm doing. Um, there were a few. Um, so my recovery journey became, began because my husband was struggling with an addiction to pornography. And as we were healing, I started journaling. And in my mind, it was just me unloading thanks to my therapist who totally got on my nerves. He was like, you have to start journaling. I'm like, I don't need to journal. And <laughs> so I started journaling and I realized that like there was a lot going on in there that I needed to get out. And it took a long time for me to really even be honest with my journal. And there was one point where I think it was probably my deepest point of depression. Um, my, I had recently had a baby, so I was dealing with postpartum depression. Our marriage was imploding. So like depression from that, like it was just, it was utter chaos really. And I was journaling one day and I had like this little light bulb moment. Um, I call them God downloads now. And I was like, I think I'm going to journal as if I was talking to me on day one. And so I did. And I wrote the journal entry as if I was talking to me on day one of our marriage struggle. And this was probably about a year and a half into it. And that was the very first moment that I was like, I think I might write a book. Could I write a book? I've never written a book. How do I write a book? <laughs> and so that was, that was the beginning. Yeah. Um, so I started, I started writing. Um, about a month after that and wrote my first book, Marriage Made Well. And I thought that that was going to be it. And um, it got a lot thicker than that within the next year or so. Um, I had been leading in a uh, recovery ministry and I was elevated to the female ministry lead. And um was this, when, is this all by design or are you kind of being sort of led with? Uh, oh, I was definitely lead? being led. I, this okay. was not the There's plan. no planning. There's no strategy. It's no way. No. This was totally not the plan. Not at all. I was, I, and I pushed back for a while, which is why it was so strategic. But <laughs> I was, um, as I was leading, the women in the ministry were, were dealing with some interactions with the male ministry lead. And, mm. uh, 
<laughs> because of the way that God had orchestrated my journey and my healing from the toxic misogynistic church that we were in the part and, and that we were leaving, um, this was a sensitive spot for me, but it was also really pivotal in my personal journey for me to be able to stand in that spot for them. Mm. And so um, we didn't agree. I was removed from leadership. I was very salty about it. And that was at uh, the beginning of 2020. And so I'm sitting in my house, homeschooling my kids, and I'm, I've got one book and I'm like, okay. So then I started looking into like businessy stuff, trying to figure out how to launch this book. And it, it really dawned on me during 2020 that this was much bigger than a marriage program because you can't heal a marriage if you've got two broken people that are not willing to deal with themselves. And so I'm like, you can't start with marriage. It's not going to work. Hey, and now so you're that's back to I... avoidance and denial. I love the way it's going sort of full circle. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible, really. Like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, oh my goodness, this was so beautifully orchestrated. God is amazing. Um, because I could not have done this. I, I was not even thinking about it. Um, but so with 2020, all the chaos that was happening during 2020, um, excuse me, there was racial tension and we were experiencing racial tension with the church that we had started going to. Then there was just the implosion of pandemic stress. I'm watching all of my recovery friends having relapses and just a lot of things happening. And I was like, I can make a program. How do I make a program? <laughs> And so I started creating Me Made Well, and I incorporated all of the things that I learned in 12-step recovery programs, but I made it a lot thicker. I incorporated a lot more into it because 12 steps was not working for me. It did a lot for me, but there was a lot of struggle in that journey. Um, and so I, I made something new. And as that was happening, I was also doing business challenges and reading books. And I'm like, okay, guys, so we're doing this like for real? <laughs> and and so that was honestly where it began during 2020 it was like well somebody had to start all these other things and my journey was pretty sick so I guess I could do it and watching the way that it started to to roll it was like oh my gosh this is actually needed like yeah. like needed needed and so that was the beginning so it's almost like you had no choice I mean you could have done you said that you 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 had a few little blips or you held yourself back to start with. Um then mm -hmm. at this point there was almost it sounds like there's there's no there was no other logical route for you. It's like, well, exactly. I guess I've got to do this now, right? There really wasn't. Like I it, the way that it happened, it just made so much sense and it was such a no-brainer. It just I could not do anything else. So you are the accidental entrepreneur. That somehow found her way going through this so now i mean we fast forward what three years now let's yeah. look at where are you today so what what is it like as you kind of sort of bundled your way through this taking all the courses <laughs> learning all the things writing the books and wanting to help people with a central core of desire help need of helping what's it like for you now as, as the business owner um with this and working out what was what's the next step um, it's exciting because I don't think that like my, my perception of my place in the world has ever been so big. Mm. Um, like when I, when I imagine what all made well is, um, 
it's in its infancy at this point. But when I'm working on something, I'm seeing where it is 20 years from now. You know, I have four kids and I'm seeing the way that like when we do our little family all made well circles and we're talking through our emotions and teaching our children to talk through theirs, like this is life changing. This is world changing. This is church culture shifting. And so, you know, when my husband and I, when we talk, we're talking in terms of, well, when all made well gets to this point and well, when the church gets to this place and Forgive me if you hear my children because they forgot that I was on a call. <laughs> but like where the dream is so big, you know, and and it's 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 exciting, but it's also like, wow, like we're really doing this though, because I, I remember where we were and where this began and what has happened so far. And I'm like, there's nowhere but like explosive to go from here. Mm. Um, I run groups. I've done one-on-ones. I've seen people's lives change. I've seen our life change. My kids are coaching their friends who are, you know, <laughs> dealing with bullies. Like it is absolutely mind-blowing watching the the small leaps that are actually huge leaps that mm. we've already taken, but then also imagining where it goes next. Yeah. Um, so what's that like as, as the business owner, the sort of the, the visionary? that you you can see where it's going you can see the impact it's having but maybe the the initial growth is like it's not quite panning out yet what's it like yeah. to sort of balance those those kind of two worlds um <laughs> i feel like i go back and forth between like yeah this is exciting i'm like god seriously what the heck is going on <laughs> Um, I, I definitely do a lot of self-care still myself, um, because if I don't, I will lose my mind (laughs) when I'm tired, I check out, like I'm, I am, I'm definitely in like solopreneur mode, but I'm not overwhelmed by it. Um, because I pull out when I need to, um, I am, I have, you know, contractors that I reach out to when I need help with different things as much as I'm able. Um, but I don't have, I don't know, like I see a lot of my solopreneur friends that are just like overwhelmed, like I gotta do this and this and this. And I'm like, I would love for this to grow faster for sure. But at the same time, I'm doing my best to make sure that my recovery is centered. Like, I can't do this if I don't take care of me. Um, Otherwise, like, what kind of hypocrite does that make me if I can't do my own recovery journey while growing a business to teach people how to help them with theirs? So, um, yeah, it's it's a juggle. It's a daily juggle, an hourly, minutely juggle. (laughs) Yeah, this is consistent in the moment. That's the word of the solopreneur of juggling, wearing all the hats, doing all the roles. It can be a lot. And then it can be hard to, you know, I need to park this and do the self-care. That means things will move quicker, but there's a whole aspect of time. So it's working out when to hustle, when to put the grind in, how to do that efficiently and effectively without killing yourself or your business or, or your family, right? Right. And my, I was talking with my husband a couple of days ago and like we were talking about the, the idea of work-life balance. I hate the idea of work-life balance. I think it is trash. <laughs> Because there is no balance. Like there are some, like, um, you know how people say like uh, they want a 50-50 marriage? 
that is also trash. Like there is no 50-50 marriage. Everybody is giving the best that they can in the moment. Some days you're 10, some days you're 90, some days you're 100, some days you're just, you got nothing. And you've Some days it's, it's a zero day. Some days it's right. like zero. Some days you have literally nothing, but you help each other. You're there for each other. You balance mm-hmm. each other and it constantly ebbs and flows. And the same is true with my relationship with my business. There are some days that like the ADHD is on fire and I accomplish so many things. And there are other days where I'm like, you know what? This sucks. I'm going to watch TV today. And I do because I need that. I need to be able to go up and down with how I'm feeling to make sure that I'm okay, to make sure that my kids are okay, Mm -hmm. like to make sure that my marriage is okay. You know, it's, it's definitely not balanced. It's, it's chaotic most of the time, (laughs) but it's a chaos that, our, that our whole family is juggling together mm. which makes it worth it so what what is the biggest thing that's standing in your way right now so trying to find the balance is one thing wearing all the hats that's another where is it as kind of the business owner that if you could be better over here or if you if this was more efficient or if you had this oh my gosh then you would start to be for what are those things that you're sort of striving for um That's a good question. <laughs> I think probably the biggest thing that I am reaching for at this point is getting clarity, um, mm-hmm. messaging clarity. Um, last year, I was talking to one particular market that didn't seem like it was the right market for where God was taking me. And so I kind of had to pull back and pull inward and like really sit with me and, and Mm. sit with what the goals were and what the vision was and begin to reshape that. And so right now I'm in, I'm, I'm, I hope (laughs) at the tail end of that reshaping, like actually getting clear on who it is that I'm talking to um, and then talking to them um, and then having those be the bulk of the people that I work with. Um, Yeah, because messaging makes it really messy (laughs) when you don't have messaging done well. Um, And I had a coach last year that did not understand the vision at all and was not trying to understand the vision. And it kind of messed things up as far as my messaging. So, um, so yeah, as I'm getting clearer on that, I think, you know, obviously bringing in more clients, what business isn't saying that, but, you know, getting the right clients. I don't want to just work with anyone. I want to work with the right client. Yeah. And there you are. Give it back to awareness. Awareness and healing again. So the the awareness of (laughs) who I'm serving, how I'm serving, what they need to hear and bring on that right people. And it can be hard. It can be, we want to take on all the, all the clients during those early days because the revenue helps to to reinvest. It's it's, it's needed. And there's, then it comes a bit of scarcity, a bit of, a little bit of fear creeps in. So Mm -hmm. it's how to combat that with, this is the right thing to do. And it is, it is a juggling act. It is a bit of balance. I mean, you will find the right way. And yeah, coming back into, it is about sales. It is about marketing. Mm-hmm. So what do you want? More clients. You want to fill your roster. You want to get as many people in as possible so you can serve the hell out of them and really change the world, right? That's absolutely that's what it's all about. Okay, yeah. so yeah, these, these two questions come together. What do you want? What's stopping you? So what you want is more clients. What's stopping you? What's stopping me? um me really it's me 
Because, um, so I, my husband and I, we were in a church that taught that women are not supposed to lead, that um, basically men lead everything (laughs) and women take care of kids and run potlucks, right? And we were in that church for 18 years. And so that was a very big center point of my recovery journey was experiencing and like sitting with that. What did that tell me about me? What did that um, do to our life, to, you know, the way that we did our marriage and how we ended up in the recovery program in the first place and all of those things. And what I have been wrestling with is my place in the world in this season and combating the way that I used to think about myself. I don't think about myself that way anymore, but there's moments where those things come up, right? Um, As someone who coaches pastors, I have to deal with pastors. Mm -hmm. I don't like dealing with male pastors because they don't see me the way that I see myself. And so that becomes a point of contention. Um, What did we say before we came on the podcast? We were were chatting for a while before we pressed record. What are butts for? (laughs) What was that? Butts are for pooping? Butts are for pooping. You said... (laughs) You just said you're not that woman anymore, but it comes up. But circumstance, if we could remove that, but I'm I'm not thinking myself in that way anymore. Full stop. The end. That emotional immunity that you can hold. The way you were speaking earlier about the people that you help getting to that mm-hmm. level of authenticity and alignment. There's still a slight weakness there. The situation, the person can those cracks start to come yep so how to replace that butt with a damn full stop the end end of story <laughs> oh my gosh can you can you feel that difference <laughs> i do thank you for that i am going to like make a poster out of that and put it in my office just to remind me not to put that in that sentence ever again <laughs> but no you're right and that's that's exactly what i have been feeling um, has been the roadblock for me because um, I can I can hear it like when I'm talking I feel the strength of where I see this going and then there's that thing that butt that comes out and then I'm like ah. so logically logically you get it logically you could probably coach mm-hmm. your, your people through this but in the Absolutely. moment for yourself feeling it embodying it it's that's the next level for you doesn't disregard what you do, how you teach, the knowledge that you have, the gift that you have. It just means at this level, oh, now you've reached this level of uncomfort and and, and yeah. fear and doubt that comes in. Yeah. Always going to get at some level. So beautiful. Thank you so it's much like, for sharing. It's kind of like the, the recovery onion. That's the way that I teach it. It's like there, there were like the outer layer of the onion, mm. the things that I dealt with in the beginning. And I dealt with those and I'm good. But then there's always the next layer and then the next layer and then the next layer. And as you were even posing the question, I was like, oh, here we go. I knew that layer was there. <laughs> the eternity Dealing onion. with the way that I seen. interact with certain members of the church world. <laughs> well, Beautiful. I hope other people listening have been like, yeah, I, mm, I, I get that as well. Or <laughs> oh, shit, I see something else now. Oh, now, now you're at, back, full circle. We're going to wrap this episode in a nice bow. Full circle is now you have that awareness. You're a choice. What do you do with it? You can go back into denial and avoidance or 
go into choice and okay what what do i do that how do i work through this and that's the the gift that we all have choice Mm -hmm. choice. so hey that was beautiful you know thank you so so much for sharing your journey and behind the scenes and just playing today about you know the challenges of being a business owner Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for my little epiphany that I'm going to go and journal about right now. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. Look, if people want to find out more about, about you and the work that you do, where can they find you? Yes, I am on all social media platforms. Um, you can either find me at Coach UM, uh, U-W-E-M. Um, it is also CoachUM.com. That is probably the landing spot for everything. Um, and then I'm also on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and everywhere else too. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful well everyone go check that out on your platform of choice but um thank you so so much this has been oh it's been so much fun absolutely thank you welcome hey katie yeah mark want to do an outro i sure do sweet hey thank you so so much for listening and making it to the end yay you so what happens next we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. See you next time. Bye.